0: now there There you go
1: (laughs) what up ladies and gentlemen (laughs) like three times it's fine
0: any guys ever think about writing a book who can become an author let's find out how on today's show shut
2: up and sit down
0: the business bros podcast
2: was created for you Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of
0: Business, business Bros. Bros. <laughs> what up, ladies and gentlemen? We got a fun show for you today. Always. Probably. Profit. Writing Books. All kinds of stuff that I never thought I would even think about doing, but now it's a possibility. James, drop the intro. It
1: sure is. Ladies and gentlemen, have we got someone extra special for you today. Have you ever thought about writing your own book? I know I have. Besides the work of actually writing the thing, something that stopped me was not knowing what to do next. Today's guest is here to help answer those questions. More than simply publishing your book, our guest will help you become the world authority you always knew you could be. When you link up with this brand builder, she will help you promote, profit, and publish your book by building a social global platform that is a transmutation of your soul and message because your success leads to successful transformations of other people. With a background in traditional publishing, our guest innovated a platform building tool to showcase brilliant entrepreneurial authors and expand their visibility in the marketplace. We're so excited to have this guest on the show. And if you're getting ready to write a book, I know you will be too. From Winsome Media Group and Super Brand Publishing, author of Pitch Slapped How to Serve, Not Sell, and host of the Promote Profit Publish podcast. Let's give it up for Juliet Dylan Clark. <clears throat> Woo! Welcome to the show, Juliet.
3: Thank you. That was awesome. But I didn't see the ones with like those little glasses on.
0: The 3D guys?
3: Yeah, the 3D one. Oh man, what was that?
0: <laughs> we gotta look that one up. You have
3: to look hey, that one up.
0: Pitch Slapped. I love the name of that book. <laughs> that it's is pretty so- great. <laughs> Julian, tell me about tell me about how you got into this whole publishing thing. And then I gotta know how you came up with Pitch Slapped.
3: Okay, so um So I started out in traditional publishing, went on to advertising, and I worked on uh, big accounts at Nissan Account at Shia Day and and at Mattel Toys. And uh, how do I explain this? In 2007, I was going through a really nasty divorce. And I had time on my hands. I'd always wanted to write a mystery novel. So I wrote my first book. I actually killed my ex-husband in it because I was really kind of ticked off at him and decided, you know, why not kill him? You want to do it anyway, but you need to... Why so serious? (laughs) So um, that's what I did. I wrote my first book and I thought, you know, instead of trying to shop it around to a publisher, why don't I self-publish? I already know how how publishing works. I was in traditional publishing. And what I found was a really rotten business model that didn't do much to actually help authors. Mm -hmm. So with my second book, I uh, created my own publishing company. I uh, promoted services that actually helped authors get themselves out there in the world in a meaningful way, nonfiction authors. And by my third book, I'd sold over 25,000 copies. And that's sort of how we were born.
0: Is it because that older model just wouldn't conform. They were like set in stone. I mean, it's almost, I, I feel like it's kind of related to like the education system. Just, just recently with COVID, everybody had to modify and adapt to what's new and what's, what's going on in today's society. So things are changing. I feel like the book world was a lot like that. Like they were just holding on to the distribution model. And it was, this is the only way I was going to get out. And I had full control, but there's a new world out there.
3: Well, well, there is, and you have to remember that traditional publishing runs on mass market production. So when they, when somebody at a traditional publisher takes a book, they first of all they want to know that they can reach a mass market distribution. So it has to be a particular kind of book. Um, so when self publishing kind of made the breakout. I think traditional publishing companies did a lot to discourage it because they lost control of the product. And so one of the great things that happened from that, that that sort of innovated, is we have a whole bunch of new genres now that people listen to that we never had before. So um, it really did sort of renovate that world. And even though getting a traditional contract now still is more prestigious, we have a lot more choice in what we read and how we read it than we did ten years ago when I started.
0: Well, how, how about this? I've also um, I've heard this from a number of different authors, people who have written their own books who've gotten it published. Um, is, especially now with the show, they they send them in. They're like, "Here's a copy of my book. I'd be a great guest to be on your podcast." I feel it, and and I I hear it and I see it over and over again. Being a published author is almost a better business card than handing someone a business card. Huh? You know, what, what do you think about writing a book for clout? So I'm
3: against that, and I know that's going to sound really funny. But one of the reasons that we created our assessment marketing platform that um, we use, and uh, we we actually have somebody else's software we use, but we've created this platform around it, is because. So many people were bringing us books back in 2013, 2014, and they had gone to a business growth event of some sort. And they related to the guru in the room that, you know, I have these online products and services and none of them are selling. And the answer the guru had was, well, write a book. It's your business card. People will know who you are. And the truth of it is, I don't think you should write a book until you have a sustainable business. Because until then, you haven't built an audience that's ready to read the book. And there's no magical thinking that happens here. You just can't say, oh, my book is for everybody and I'm going to publish it and everybody will come. You know, that worked in Field of Dreams for Kevin Costner, but he also had a big studio behind him. He's really rock star, good looking, and people adored him already. So I'm really against that. I think if you have a a really great business and you have a message, that's the time to write your book because it will bring you more business. But it, it will also you'll also have a following to buy that book.
0: All right, that kind of that kind of makes me feel a little bit better. So, oh, when COVID first started, I wrote a book right? And, and I didn't really write the book to write the book. I wrote the book because I'm in podcasting and people are always asking me that same question. How do you start a podcast? What mic should I use? What, you know, all this, all these types of things, right? So literally I sat down and I was like, you know what, I'm going to write this whole thing out. That way, when somebody asked me, I can send them stuff. And here's, here's the answer to the question that they have, right? And so I, I sat down and I wrote the entire process, like everything from how we chose the mic to the audio interface, to developing the RSS feed, all the way through how we monetize and other ways that I've learned to monetize the podcast through uh, through what other people have shared. So there's processes all the way through. How I promoted, how I grew my Facebook page, like all these different things in, are in this book. And it's just my experience. Like I can't teach you anything that I haven't yet done myself. Uh, and and it's a, it's funny that you said it that way because – that's exactly how how it came to be, and so now we're selling it. It's a seven dollar ebook, you know, and it's got the four phases that we've that we've developed from podcast development to podcast uh, promotion, launch and visibility, and monetization. That's just the process we went through. But had I just tried to write a podcasting book without actually going through four hundred plus episodes, I don't think it would have panned out the same way.
3: I don't think so either. So that's really great that you that you did that. And I, I love that you did it in a seven dollar ebook because uh, podcasting changes all the time, just like marketing does online marketing. And so um, a book that you write today may be obsolete in the marketing world in nine to 12 months. So I think it's really great that you wrote it in, in that form format, so that somebody can just get a real quick and dirty about how this all works. Because I think much like publishing, people go into podcasting, and I I have a podcast of my own as well. People go into podcasting thinking too, that I'm just going to put it out there and everybody's going to come and they're going to consume it. And there are a lot of podcasts out there. And that is the number one thing I hear from podcasters is I don't, I, I did this thing and I didn't have a plan how to monetize it. So now I don't even know how to transition into monetizing. So I think it's great that you did that.
0: Well, I mean, a s- statistic, by the way, um, 50% of the podcasts. first of all, there's like less than a million podcasts out there. Half of them have 14 episodes or less. And one of the main reasons is exactly what you described. It's because they put a podcast out there. They think the world is going to listen to them. And they find out that mom is the only one who actually paid attention for a little while there. And so they're like, well, forget this. I quit. Right.
3: You can't handle the truth.
0: <laughs> and, and, the, and the truth is, at the beginning, you probably suck you don't have the, the speaking skills yet. You don't know how to really develop your show or conduct an interview or have energy behind the mic. Like those things happen with a little bit of practice, mm-hmm. but those first few episodes where nobody listened, that's actually like a, a little bit of a godsend. It's a good thing. Nobody listened. Cause you weren't doing very good, but as you develop, as you continue, as you get more practice, you're going to get better. And then as far as the ebook is concerned, you know, I, it, you're right. It's a great thing. There's an ebook because since I finished writing it, I've come across StreamYard. This is the platform that we're using today. I did a training on uh, matchmaker.fm, which is a place where you can uh, create a podcast profile to get guests or be a guest on other people's shows, like all these different things that I'm implementing, I get to write them all down and then add them as an additional resource. So it's it's just, you know, uh, it's uh, it's almost like a living document. Mm-hmm. Is that something that uh, that you kind of push, or is that, or is it when in your process when you write a book, is it just like set in stone? This is the book we're we're hard copying it, and it's gone.
3: Well, it, you know what, it, it kind of depends. So with mystery novels, obviously, when I wrote mystery novels, we could get them out the door with with pitch slapped. I've been writing that for two years with a writing coach. And uh, one of the things that happened during that two years is there was another shift in marketing. So I had to go back and do uh, a little bit of rewriting on it. But in theory, that book parts of it will be, uh, you know, will live on forever. It's just the way things happen, and then there are other pieces that probably will change the modalities, the marketing modalities in it. So it just depends.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about those marketing modalities. How have things changed? Uh, you know, it, it, and 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 there've been drastic changes. I mean, from traditionally when we would have books back in the uh, days when Amazon sold books only, right, to where we where we were pre-COVID to now post-COVID, where things are completely different. What, what are you seeing in, in some of these changes that are maybe different or, 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 or continue to be the same?
3: So uh, just back when I first started, so my, my third book, when I sold over 25,000 copies, that was actually on Kindle. And back then, the bestseller lists on Amazon, there wasn't really a way to cheat them. And so I actually ended up number 38 between Sue Grafton and Janet Ivanovich with, with Granny Heist, which is a horrible book, by the way, I should have, I had no business writing mystery novels, but, um, what changed is with with some of this stuff is that Amazon made it really easy to cheat their bestseller lists. And because of that, people went around talking about Amazon bestseller. I mean, Amazon, a bestseller. It doesn't really matter anymore because you could cheat your way to a bestseller with Amazon. So that's one of the things it's not really a thing anymore that has credibility. However, um, still getting to the Wall Street Journal, still getting to a New York Times bestseller, uh, USA Today, those are big credibility points, but they take a huge following. So that's one of the changes. Another change that took place is um, Amazon. Amazon competes with publishers now, which um, is a it's not really a good thing because they don't, they may be cheap to publish with, but they don't have the the array of services. Uh, that that most small publishing companies have, and some of the bigger ones. So there's been a lot of transition in the book world. Um, one of the things that I personally don't have have seen change over the years is uh, the Kindle program. When you put a Kindle in and you use their free promo, you literally can't sell the book anyplace else. And so um, I think that's a downside that people don't really understand. And Amazon has big, like feelers that go out in there, they can tell if you're published someplace else and they'll take your book down. If, if they find it out, they'll warn you and take your book down. So there's just an awful lot you need to know before you get into it, that, that you quite possibly didn't need to know 10 years ago.
0: Those tentacles of the internet just go on forever. So Let me ask you about book tours, because uh, I'm literally in June, I'm going on a podcast tour. My goal is to do 50 guest spots on on other people's podcasts. Oh. And, and I keep relating it to like a book tour, except in COVID era, like you're not obviously going to show up in person and you're not going to sit down and do a book tour where you're traditionally signing books. Um, is a book tour still something that uh, an author really aspires to do? Because I, I tend to see... Only, the only people who really promote book tours are huge people. Like if, I don't know, like if a Hillary Clinton or an ex-president or whatever, if one of them has a book, they go out, but it's more than just a book tour. They do, you know, speaking engagements and photo ops and all these other things. Is it worth it for a smaller author to do something like a book tour?
3: Personally, I don't feel like it is. And one of the reasons is that if you're self-published and you go into like a place like Barnes and Noble, you have to have not only your book marked up, but you've got to give them a piece of the action. The people that I know that have done book tours recently are either doing it via podcast or they're doing it at private events in different cities. So someone's responsible for inviting the people, the people have to show up. Um, You're trying to sell a certain number of books to make a bestseller list. So, it's really become more complicated but i think the best way is the podcast tour and getting yourself on those podcasts that are that are listened to and i will say i think it is something that the bigger authors are doing more and more because i actually just today booked mark mark victor hansen on my podcast two weeks from now and he has a brand new book out called ask so he's a bigger author he's out there doing it i know you know i'm out there doing as soon as pitch slapped is out i'll be out there talking about it too
0: That's, that's a, one of the fun things about podcasting, by the way, uh, I, I work with a couple different, um, promoters of, you know, they, they have their clientele that are trying to get on multiple podcasts. Uh, and now that we've done the podcast for so long, we have a couple different promoters that are like, Hey, I got this great you know, entrepreneur. I got this great author. I got this great, whoever, you know, this person owns gyms, whatever it is, uh, would you like to have them on the show? And it's really cool to have people, you know, especially at the platform that we have where we're doing daily interviews to promote other people's stories. When you're an author you know it, it's it, getting that message out there you see movie movie uh, actors do it all the time a movie comes out and all of a sudden you see them on jimmy fallon and you see them on all these different places uh, promoting that particular movie but when you're an aspiring author when you're first getting started you know is it is is it, it, are they doing it wrong by writing the book and then growing their following or should they have focused on growing their following first before they even consider writing a book
3: grow the following first um, for most people, if your products and services aren't selling, and you write a book, you're going to have another failed product. So one of the things that, that our company does that is our niche, our niche product is uh, our assessment marketing tool. And it's a tool that our authors are using, our speakers are using, and people who uh, have regular products that speak on summits and, and different places like that use. There's a lot of market research in it. And actually, I think it works much better than digital marketing because the more you actually get to talk to people versus a click, the more feedback you get on your products. What's working? What's not working? What part of this process would you? could I change? And so when you're writing a book, You have to have stories within the book. That's that's what's really engaging about a book. And if you don't have stories or case studies or testimonials or anything like that, and you're just kind of doing what I call a BARFA book, where you're just telling people, like, this is how you do it, a lot of times it's not an engaging book. And and when you go seeking an audience afterwards, you may not have an audience. But if you do all of this work before and then write the book that these people are telling you from the assessments that they want, now you have an audience, now you have a book, and you're gonna have book sales.
0: That's that's funny because uh, you know, I was I, I had written up a course for Uh, the podcasting thing in the same sense. I was like, okay, well, uh, and I've heard this from traditional salespeople all the time, right? They're like, first go make the sale. And once you know that people are buying it, then go ahead and focus on that product and develop the product the way you want to. Because if no one's willing to buy it, you're going to spend a lot of time, money, effort trying to develop a product. And then after all that investment, you're going to realize, holy crap, nobody actually wants that thing
1: so so true and speaking of things that nobody wants (laughs) well not that you don't want insurance you definitely want insurance what you don't want to do is own a company have employees and get a workers comp policy and forget to exclude your own payroll all right ladies and gentlemen if you own a company and you have employees you have to have that workers comp policy it's required by law But you, as an owner, do not have to be included in the premium that you pay. You have to get a form signed, however, when you first purchase the policy. Uh, Ran into a situation today where we had to fight with some underwriters and fight with some, uh, some carrier representatives to be able to backdate an officer exclusion. We were successful. We were able to save our uh, customer $3,000. So hurrah, good win for us. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to even have that headache, make sure that if you have that workers' comp policy and you are the owner of your company, you're getting your own payroll excluded so you don't have to pay the premiums for that. That is Ham's insurance tip for the day. Follow me on Twitter at insurancebroham.
0: The price is wrong, bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's what you don't want to happen. That's what you don't want to happen. All right, that was my pro tip nice, for the day. Nice little, nice little pro tip. Uh, right, Julie, cool.
0: I, I do have a question. Um, if if somebody's going to come to you and and they're they're looking to write a book what what's the process that you put them through what, you know I, I saw I saw you know the profitability I saw the publishing and I saw these different aspects on your website when you sit down with somebody what what kind of things are you are you asking them and helping them get through so that they can write that book
3: so I think the fr- the first thing we address is who's your audience and have you built that audience because there's no point in writing that book if you haven't The second thing, if they can answer those questions, if they can demonstrate that they have it, is what is the topic and how are we going to address this? Have you validated that this is a topic your audience is interested in? And that's where our assessment marketing comes in a lot is because they haven't. So there's a process we recommend that you at least, before you start writing it, Um, You at least have all of that in place and you've been audience building for at least a year. The average indie author sells less than 100 books. Don't be that. You don't want that. You're not going to make a fortune off your books. You're going to make a fortune off your products and services. So that's one of the things we look at as well. Are your products and services successful? Are you making good money at them? Why do you want to write the book? Because writing the book to get more clients when you don't have existing clients is not a good reason. You have Mm -hmm. to figure out that marketing and the product first.
0: That, that, uh, that totally makes sense. All right. So let's assume that somebody does have that in place, right? Let's assume that they've been building an audience. Maybe they have a podcast, maybe they do public speaking, whatever it is. They have an audience, and they realize that this product is ready to go. Why go with a company like yourself versus like an Amazon? You spoke earlier about the things that the, the extra benefits of having small publishing companies. Tell me a little bit about those small, small benefits.
3: So, uh, with Amazon, one thing people don't realize is when they, when they go and they put their book in, if they want international distribution, they have to take less royalty that shouldn't be the case. And part of that is because Amazon's books are printed and shipped out of the United States. With smaller companies, we all use a different, it's, it depends on which one, there are a couple out there. We actually use a company with print on demand distribution that is truly worldwide. Meaning that if someone in New Zealand bought a book, it would be printed and shipped out of Australia. Why does that make a difference? Uh, First of all, when we go with these other companies, your your royalties are your royalties. I mean, there's there's a a conversion, there's an exchange conversion in it, um, money-wise, but it's not you giving up more of your royalties. Secondly, it costs more. If, If every book has to be printed and shipped out of the United States, then the shipping is a lot more. And that's why they're taking more of your royalties. When it's shipped at the closest distribution and printing center, it doesn't need to be. Secondly, Amazon is not going to tell you exactly what you need. With most of the small companies, you have a personal representative that you can ask questions to. And in my case, it's me. Um, I I you know I I take a lot of consulting time with my clients in this process. And I do that because we have to determine what's the best way to go. We're going to put it for distribution on Amazon and Barnes Noble, but Are you a speaker? Do you need a funnel? Do you need one of the free book funnels where you can sell? I'll give you an example. One of our clients, Merrill Chandler, he has a book funnel that is a, you know, get the book, get the book for free, just pay shipping. And that allows him to upsell into other products and services. He goes from there into, uh, I think he has a downloadable program and there's a workshop that he upsells in there my new book we just put in the funnel today we just contracted the funnel today you'll be going from that free book with shipping into a free program or i think you're going to pay for the program i take that back so 47 dollar program and then from there there'll be an additional upsell into a boot camp to help you put the assessment marketing together so at someone like Amazon going through them, they're not going to help you with that marketing piece. And marketing is truly the most difficult piece of the book process. Writing it, not hard. Publishing it, not hard. Marketing and getting people to buy it, hard.
0: So if, if you have an author ready to, ready to get going, what kind of time commitment do they have to have in order to, Get this whole process done. So let's let's assume, again, they have an audience. They they have other successful products. There is there is a market for what they want to write. What kind of time commitment do I need to put into writing this thing out, going through the editing process, doing everything that needs to get done? What What am I looking at?
3: Well, that's a great question. I don't use, I don't typically coach on writing at all. I have a, a couple coaches that I send people to, because I think it's super important that you use one from an accountability standpoint, a time management standpoint, and and have that objective opinion, not your mother reading the book, not your brother, <laughs> objective opinion to say, you know, you're barfing your book. This is really well written, I'm following it, it's a good deal. So I, that's where I think having a coach is super important in this process. Secondly, uh, the other thing the coach does is, is they, they help you pare the book down so that you're not writing things that won't interest the audience. A lot of authors get caught up in that, like their story is half the book. It should be a very small piece of the book. The second piece of that is the editing. And the editing usually takes a couple weeks, and that's really dependent on how deep your editing is. For me, I'm a great storyteller, but I I feel like I suck at writing. So I get a really deep edit on it because some of the things um, get have recommended rewrites on them, and I'm aware of that. Um, but it may be you're a great writer and you and you've worked with that that coach. And maybe you just need a different kind of edit, an edit that's a little bit lighter. But an edit is essential. Don't come back and say, you know, my grandma's a school teacher. She's an English teacher. English teaching is different than the actual writing for a book. There's a lot more involved with it. So very important. That takes a couple weeks. The publishing process, once you have a full manuscript, the publishing process usually takes me six to eight weeks. And that's because we have it formatted, we have the color formatted, we, uh, we order a proof so that you make sure it's exactly how you like it. And then from there, once the proof is approved, then we have it put over on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and it's ready for purchase. The other piece in there is that Kindle, we have a lot of decisions to make about the Kindle. Do we want to use the Kindle to get to a best to the bestseller list? Do we want to release it before the book? Do we how do we how is the campaign going to be handled then? Because there's certain things we need to happen within a particular time frame. So I feel like the process from start to finish is usually six months to a year. A lot of workshops out there write a book in a weekend, write a book in you know a week. I don't think anyone has ever written a quality book in that time period. So I think it's really important to be realistic. That year also gives you time to build more audience as well.
0: Nice. It's like an anticipation for the book. So we're we're you're writing about it. You're getting you're getting it edited. You're going back and rewriting. You're talking out your 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 points in your book. Your main emphasis in those books. Your You're on different podcasts talking about what it is you're writing. And then before you know it, it's get ready to launch. And you've done all the legwork to get it ready to rock and roll.
3: Exactly. Yeah. And that anticipation is fun. You can really bring your your, uh, audience in. You know, have a, a couple different book covers made and go, hey, guys, what do you think? I'm really excited about writing that. Is there anything you want to see in it? So you can really, if you already have an audience, you can really engage them in the process.
0: So superbrandpublishing.com is where people can go to to, uh, get more information on on what it is that you're doing. Last little segment I wanted to to talk to you about was how has the podcast changed the way you do business? Because for me, it's been one of the most powerful things I've ever done when it comes to marketing, when it comes to prospecting ever in the last 17 years that I've been in business, nothing has had the effect on my personality, my network that podcasting has. And I'm wondering what the experience is like for you.
3: Well, I I personally love it. And I did. I sucked at the beginning, just like you were talking about (laughs) the first couple were awful but what it's done for me, and and this is sort of how I reached, I I found you was um, I have a way that I prospect with it and I meet incredible people. And so I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of times I'm really excited about my guests. They're doing, you know, tremendous things in the world. I I think I just mentioned I'm having Mark Victor Hansen on in two weeks. Um, That, that was a referral from some other people who said, you need to be on her podcast. It's really terrific. So um, I feel like it's not only fun, it's a fun break for me but um it just expands who i'm talking to and here's the thing is it it does it in a non-salesy way like i get to find out before in the pre-interview i get to find out what this person does i get they get to find out what i do we get to talk a little bit about uh, a lot of times i do pod swaps so how can we collaborate and make this happen for both of our audiences and now guess what we're sort of collaborative partners on that as well Mm -hmm. so um I've just met some really incredible, incredible people. And um, the podcast was a little, I was kind of trying to decide. I, when I started writing the book, it was either the book or the podcast. And I actually ended up doing them both at the same time. And, and that's sort of where Pitch Slapped came from is I almost named the podcast Pitch Slapped. But um, so there was sort of a, a collaboration on that too. One got the other going.
0: That's that's so true. It it really opens your mind not only to uh, your own ideas, but I, I always reference the matrix, right? I'm like, this is where I get to speak to new people with their ideas and their fresh look on some of the things that we're doing uh, that may, may be similar, maybe completely different. But now I have this whole new perspective because I had that conversation with that individual, because they came on the show and shared their story. I look at things completely differently. So, you know, it's it's been it's been a huge positive in, in my life. And uh I'm glad I'm glad to hear when I when I talk to other podcasters, I'm so glad to hear how much it's it's helped them out. You've by the way, you're you're well spoken. So if you and if you've heard me at the beginning, I had zero energy. Now like it's a completely different ballgame. I'm I'm curious to to hear your first episode, see what that sounded like. <laughs>
3: was pretty bad. Um, I've gotten more engaging. One of the things I think this has really done for my business, though, is um, so when you're a solopreneur, like I am, I have a small company, I'm not really a solopreneur, I have a few people that work for me. But one of the things that happens is your marketing's out there. But um, and you probably see this in, in people you've worked with, when you meet that person in in, in the flash you find that their marketing is sort of out of alignment with who they say they are. Mm -hmm. I feel like for smaller businesses like mine, I do the same thing a lot of people do except for the assessment marketing, sort of a niche we do. But for the most part, you're hiring the person behind the company. There's an energy there. And so for me, that energy is, I'm an action taker, a truth teller in the industry sort of a rebel if you will i don't like calling myself a rebel but i'm not going to blow smoke up your behind and i think that what the podcast has done for me is people really get that from me like i want that person to work with me because she's going to tell me the truth she's going to tell me if it's not good she's going to tell me if it's good i'm going to hear the truth and for people who really want to do well the truth is important
0: isn't it funny? I remember meeting uh, a podcaster. So, so we reference uh, Melina Palmer's "The Brainy Business." She has a great podcast on behavioral economics, and she started her podcast around the same time we did. And she was speaking here in San Diego. She's from uh, Seattle, and so we had lunch together. James and I went to go meet her, and 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 it was funny because I was like, "You sound just like you do in your podcast," and it's a weird thing to say, right? But it's but it's because. I hear it on my headphones. You know, I, I, I'm I'm on my run. It's a voice that's speaking to me. And then to put it in in into flesh, it's it's totally weird, totally almost celebrity status. And uh, now I, I have conference calls with 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 people who uh, who listen to the show. I give them you know 15 minutes of bro time, right? So we can sit down and talk uh, with the business bro. And one of the funniest things I get is, "Why wow, you sound so professional? You sound just like you do on your show." I'm like, "Well, it's me." <laughs> this is this is who you get you're exactly right when you're describing that this they're connecting with you um, in their own time, in their own way and developing a relationship with you. It's really one-sided. And when they do get to meet you in person, they realize, oh, this is exactly who I wanted to work with. It, it, you're right. It's a completely different marketing point.
3: It is. And you can see, I think I told you, I dressed up today. I was at a luncheon. And one of the things at the luncheon that, that the person who was running it said when I was speaking was, oh, don't let her think, let, don't go away thinking she's sweet and innocent. Go check her out on Facebook. And then I get up there and and I don't have a totally potty mouth when I speak, but I'm not, you know, I've got this like polished look and then the potty comes out. You
0: know? <laughs> you know what? But it is, you are who you are. And that's the beauty of having your own show is your personality type. You can do whatever you want. We want to drop, you know, don't let anybody. Don't ever let somebody tell you,
1: you can't do something.
0: we can do stuff like that, right? Just don't ever because. let somebody
1: tell you, you can't go business, bro.
0: Yes. I mean, you develop your own culture. It's your own show. You could do it your way. Talk how you want. Stutter, fumble, cuss, whatever it is that you want to do. It's your show.
3: Well, I can't, I can't cuss on the show because my producer gets really upset. <laughs> so that out. <laughs> that's, that's the only thing they tell me consistently: is you're going to get kicked off of iTunes if you cuss. So
0: gotta wow. be. I, I guess if you slip one here and there, it's what? not a big deal.
3: But what? uh what? Like, what?
1: James has dropped
0: an F bomb every me. once in a while. We'll yeah, well we were talking
1: it, about punching Nazis, so we were, you
0: know. <laughs> I was gonna tell you back, <laughs> we were talking about punching Nazis and I was and I was I was not hundred percent defending the Nazi. I was just I was against the action of him taking action against something, right? Mm -hmm. And he got so frustrated, he dropped the net bomb. I was like, "Wow, I got him going."
3: (laughs) (laughs) So I I told show a while back that um, somehow during the break we got on granny porn, and you know those guys said, "Oh my god, people are like writing us and like, what the heck is granny porn?" So you know, there's just that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I had to throw that one in there
0: so I was looking at statistics for search engines right just because I'm I'm trying to learn more about distribution models and stuff like that and you know the number one uh, website in the world is Google followed closely by YouTube but Pornhub is number seven so you know there's there's a lot of different you know things that people look at whether they want to admit it or not right it's a thing number seven really number seven in the world
1: I thought it was higher
3: type <laughs> oh, of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Not, not a use lose it type of thing. Well, like I said, I I, I love having these uh these off the cuff conversations because they get to go in any direction and this is where the fun happens. You know, this is this is where you get to let loose. Uh Juliet, thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate your time coming on. Uh, and then sharing everything about uh, about your company. I want to give you the last couple of minutes just to kind of recap and tell everybody how to get a hold of you if they want to work with you.
3: Uh, you can get me at Juliet at superbrandpublishing.com. Uh, of course, you can go over the little banner right below. Go over to the Promote Profit Published podcast. You can take one of our quizzes over there in the podcast. We have another quiz that you can go over and take and kind of test them out. It's at uh, www.leadlogicquiz.com. And we have an upcoming book um, coming out later this summer called Pitch Slapped. And I'd love to have you guys go and check that out as well. I think you find that I have a really crazy sense of humor, and um, I have a lot to say about the coaching, the bootstrap your way to bankruptcy culture of the coaching industry.
0: Nice. Well, I, you know, and one of the one of my favorite things is how you started off talking about that mystery uh, model, that, uh, the mystery novel that you wrote, and how uh, you you, <laughs> you killed off your husband. <laughs> That's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. You know
3: what's great about that is he knows it. And there have been times where we've gotten him, like a little spat over the kids now that we're divorced and, you know, I'll just look at him and go, don't make me kill you again.
0: <laughs> you know how I'll do it too. I've used a wood chipper. That's what would happen. We'd use the wood chipper. A wood chipper. That would have been a good one. Maybe this the is- next book yeah maybe the next book all right Juliet. well thank you again for uh, for coming on the show ladies and gents hope you guys enjoyed the program today oh by the way james yes sir s-h-i-t baby so, so happy,
1: happy it's thursday, thursday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later that's all we got for you today peace
1: bye-bye thank and you we're man. out
2: thank you for listening to the business bros podcast are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income